Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hello. Oh man, what's going on? Not much, man. I'm I'm wondering if I'm gonna get ten words in today with today's guest, and it doesn't have to do with today's guest, but between you guys, we're gonna be talking about some high level stuff. It's Are we way, gonna nerd out today? Maybe it's way above my pay grade, oh, so yeah. let's just get right. You get in. paid? Uh, yeah, yeah, big. You didn't get your last check from the no, podcast? No. Okay, it's in the mail. Okay, it's in the mail. So uh, we got Joel Tepley from Cambrian here today. Hi, Joel. Hello. Well, first off, welcome to Startup Hustle, and I know that uh, uh, what longtime listener, first time, first time caller. Yeah, even yeah. though you're here, I know. Well, like I, if you want me to call in, we could probably rig that up somehow. Well, you are the uh, the CTO and one of the founders of Cambrian, and um, I've known you for a little bit. Uh, love what you guys do here in Kansas City. You do some very, very, very uh, high tech stuff stressful and sometimes do it for things that most people would think were low tech worlds like paint <laughs> right mm-hmm. but you guys uh cambrian does some stuff related to uh well why don't you just tell us what you do yeah so um i've been a programmer for 20 years now i think that will be uh this year it'll be 20 years i'm sorry uh, it's okay um you know i i didn't even know if i wanted to do programming about 10 years ago and uh, I was moving more towards biology. I wanted to help people. I wanted to maybe get back into robotics. And, uh, then I discovered computer vision and I thought, well, I'll try out a little pet project. Um, let's try, I guess I'm staring at a wall right now. Let's try changing the color. I wanted something really practical. I mean, I've, I've been an inventor forever. And so I released an app. It was called at the time wall painter. And, uh, released it that night. It was my first ever app. So that was 2010, I think. And, uh, it got, it got 12 downloads that night and I was just really excited. It was like, wow, right away. Some people are actually using this thing. So I woke up the next morning and it had 12,000 downloads and I was like, Oh wow. (laughs) Why why am I not charging for this? (laughs) So, um, I, I mean, I've been obsessed with computer vision really, or just really, you know, human eye in general, the way we perceive things. And the reason this thing was so successful was because it was realistically compelling. It was Photoshop level quality of output with just a single touch. And so just that simplicity um, and realism is what people were looking for. And then I got into all sorts of stuff after that. I did augmented reality. I did the first ever paint application of augmented reality that we then licensed out to Home Depot um, and then started working on other things like floors and furniture. And then this AR kit stuff kind of seemed like it was going to be coming out. So we started focusing mostly on the other things in computer vision, uh, the other things in home improvement in particular. Um, we even had a, a game where you could, you know, originally where you could track your hand and shoot basketballs. Um, but we kind of put all that stuff on the back burner and moved specifically into home improvement. And since then, I think, you know, we've just been, uh, you've been licensing this stuff out, but we're really more interested in building something a little bit bigger. 
So let's let's for a second let's back up because I don't think most people even know what computer vision is. I didn't until a couple months ago. I'm completely fascinated with it now. But tell everyone what computer vision is and why. Like, um, I remember you explaining to me once about like the difference between like the way the computer looks at a flat wall or like a corner. So like, what does computer vision do, and then how does that apply to what you do? Yeah. So um, a, a lot of it is really just coming up with a way of getting an image or video to be represented in, via math. I mean, ultimately, like what, what something a computer can then perceive in an algorithm later. So a lot of the algorithms specifically in computer vision are going to be based around maybe enhancing an edge. So they'll call that edge detection. Um, some of them might be based around segmentation or clustering, which are more like uh, statistical algorithms. And then there's a lot of stuff like like pose estimation, and then you start getting into things like SLAM, uh, which is what makes up ARKit and ARCore, and it's which really, are those are the uh, frameworks for Google and Apple's like you know augmented reality toolkits. So um, those are what people typically are going to be using whenever they make a game that runs off of a off of a say a, a tabletop or something like that. And all those algorithms now are really about trying to understand the three-dimensional space yeah, of a and, photo or a video, right? Yeah, and that's that's what, what would have been generally at its lowest level, like pose estimation. So a lot of that stuff where you see someone hold up like a, a bunch of rocks on a, or a magazine or something like that, and there's a model coming out of it. Uh, and no matter how you move the phone, um, it, it keeps it really kind of locked in there. So yeah, that's, that's really um, where that comes from. SLAM in particular, though, uses more sensors, and it often can use artificial intelligence. And that's sort of what I've been focusing most on now is really moving into AI. So one of the things you were telling me that I, I never, never really thought about, and I, I, we talk about like, if you have a picture of a corner of a room, uh, a computer, theor like theoretically, or at least prior to computer vision, would look at that two-dimensionally. So it didn't have the ability to really assess the depth. Am I correct? Yeah. Um, so it, I think that most people just don't even think about that. You don't think about like, why is this so hard to figure out like how far that is away? Well, because it's like a photograph at that point. Well, our, our eyes perceive everything based on lighting. Yeah, right. And so, that was another challenge. So depending on the lighting and the picture, it just looks like two colors, you know, that run together in a corner that doesn't look like a corner. And, and those colors can be very close together, especially. Your eye does a lot of tricks where it actually enhances, or this is your brain actually, it's enhancing edges for you. So um, you may not really perceive that so much or even think about it, but the, the human ocular system actually goes and, and makes these problems a little easier for our brain to solve. And so, you know, the, the fundamentals of computer vision are often based around algorithms that we think our brain is doing, uh, that we perceive. And um, a lot of the other things are based on things like vanishing points, parallax, or if you remember those old side-scrolling video games. Um, it, it was that, that objects are moving at different speeds. So when you say side scrolling, like Mario brothers, yeah. Yeah, you're just yeah, always yeah. going to the right. Yeah. You know, okay. So what's interesting about what you described there though, is like, so the human brain does all these tricks to help us understand some things, but then when you're using the video camera on a phone, it doesn't do those same tricks. Yeah. Uh, right. Like it doesn't have the same tricks that our eyes do. So as we're the ones that are like trying to implement those tricks, like <laughs> there's a layer of like trickery that 
existed that we yeah that the computers yeah. don't so, yeah so when i was uh actually that's really funny that you mentioned that because when when i first released the the paint augmentation the algorithms that i started putting into basically the camera i put them into the gpu i made a lot of those edge enhancing programs uh you know like a canny was probably where i started it's this canny edge detector but moved on from that into some some other ones like gabor and Fresnel and some other like or Fry Chen, sorry, uh, that that go in and basically they're doing that in the GPU. So it's effectively for free without any processing um, by the time we actually received the frame down at the C++ level to analyze it. So it's a lot like what's kind of going on in the, in the human vision system. And and so that's that's how we got away with a lot of this. I mean, especially especially areas you couldn't see, like the hardest problem was often two white walls running up against each other in a dark corner. And so you had to have a lot of these other a lot of these other tricks that the human vision system already does. So when Apple and, and Google released their different AR kit stuff, did that dramatically kind of change the landscape it for did. what you do? Yeah, it did. So we kind of saw the writing on the wall. We saw our competitors. I mean, we were working on furniture prior to that, or I should say like just 3D models. Um, so it it made augmented reality a, a much bigger thing. Snapchat too. Um Facebook a little bit there too. Um, it made it a much more accessible thing, which made it in everyone's mind. I mean, we we had a hard time explaining to people the difference between augmented reality and virtual reality back then, and uh, and now I think it's in everyone's head that they you know if you bring up Snapchat or you bring up you know maybe the IKEA app or something like that, they immediately recognize what that is, and so it made our job a little easier of communication. But then also it required us to start working on other types of algorithms that they're not doing. So that's why I started getting into a lot of artificial intelligence. All I know is the Amazon app, on my phone has the like, see it in your space thing. And it is terrible. And it doesn't work. No, but let's mm -hmm. so let's <laughs> I know that much. Oh, totally. <laughs> so we so I hope you don't power that one. <laughs> we definitely don't No, <laughs> it's we, ha we haven't gotten into just like the 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 layman version of what Cambrian does. Like you mentioned earlier, doing some business with Home Depot or whatever. So um, for those that are in my seat and non like a little more, a little less technical than my guests today um, or my co-host. Um, so that time that your wife wanted to paint a room and you went to the store and you got 10,000 little tabs of colors and you brought them back and then she narrowed it down to 9,500 <laughs> and whatever. Anyway, uh, Cambrian built some technology that, using um, augmented reality and the, you know, the, the stuff that they've built, you can scan your room, it gets the depth, it, it looks at the shades of the wall, and then it lets you pick the colors and it literally pops the colors on the, the, the shots that you've taken. And, um, and by being able to do that, it's, it, it assists like for in Home Depot's world, it will help, help you pick the kind of paint you want, maybe the color, the manufacturer or, or whatever. And the, it's the accuracy of doing so that matters because like Joel was saying earlier and Matt was mentioning earlier, the different shades and how they could be slightly different make a big difference on the way paint or anything would look on a wall. And you've moved on to doing other, you're doing other things like, hey, what does the floor look like? What does a countertop look like? What are these things? Now, 
while some of that might seem inherently straightforward, it is actually remarkably complex for the reasons you were talking about. Like, where's there's a, where is there a corner? Where is this in the shade? One day I talked to you and you were like, yeah, man, the windows are giving me a hard time because like it is that a wall or a window or so you're training stuff. And the more and more you talk to Joel, the more and more you realize that he is a mad scientist. Yeah. I was going to say he's the wizard of this. Yeah. And there's not very many wizards of this. And so here's the thing though. So, um, open CV, open computer vision. It's, it's got some open source stuff about it. So you can, the world can kind of mess with it, but there aren't a whole lot of people that have been doing this for 10 years. Like you're actually like in, in like open CV years, you're like 2000, you're like Yoda. So it's like dog years kind of, okay. We would determine there's a lot of types of dog years. There's uh, there are tech company dog years. There's startup founder dog years. There's being friends with Watson dog years. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just, I just met you today, so I don't. The clock's ticking, bro. Yeah, it's, it's been like down a year here. already. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, but no, but the thing is, is like some of these things you talk about, like oh, Amazon or whatever, and you're like, God, this kind of sucks. It's because it's really freaking hard. Yeah, it's not easy stuff, and there's just like a bazillion factors. And it, it's things. moving so quickly yeah. that when we use an algorithm, it's probably. Uh, it's definitely going to be always, everyone is going to be based on some paper that came out a year previously, but it's not very far that, uh, that we go back and especially for, um, semantic segmentation, which I'll get into maybe a little bit later about how like a, a self-driving car works. Um, the and that's the same the technology that you're using to portray a pet color of paint on a wall. Isn't it? It's the way we recognize Semi the room. Uh -huh. yeah. Absolutely. So we, we use semantic segmentation to understand what is a wall versus what is a cabinet versus what is a window. Um, that stuff was very hard with computer vision. Um, as you move into artificial intelligence, it really starts to, to understand um, context. So it knows, oh, well, I've seen a a wall here so therefore there's a ceiling above and a floor below um there's most likely a door over there i know what to recognize um you didn't really get that before with computer vision the algorithms became insanely hard to write so what we're doing um and what everyone is doing in this space i think now is always moving into some form of artificial intelligence the problem is of course trying to get that to run on an iphone takes a lot of uh a lot of, uh, I guess, expertise and a lot of uh, struggle. Um, and a lot of failure. A lot of failure. Um, it's never perfect. Uh, it's just like, just like an artist. It's or um, I guess maybe a dumb artist. It wouldn't understand something uh, that it should. So we have to try to compensate for that. And, and we use a. I think those fundamentals of OpenCV and image processing. Those are what we rely on to fix the results of the output coming from um, deep learning. I put an I put an Amazon Echo right in front of you. Do you see it? I can't see it. Oh, I, can, <laughs> I can crush it. Is this like, it's just is such this cool like, technology. Is this like Pokemon? It's just such cool. Maybe I can put like something really crazy in front of you, like something really inappropriate. <laughs> I'm okay with that. What can I find that's really inappropriate on Amazon? Do you know there's a reason that I had to do just a blanket explicit rating yeah. on our whole entire series? And it's just because I knew that you were hosting it with me. I'm going to find a broom. <laughs> that, that's where it comes down yeah. to. So, all right. So yeah, I knew we were going to, we always joke about the vocab that comes up and there's already been a bunch of it, but you know, I, I think that in general, the public doesn't have a strong understanding about what 
AI, machine learning, augmented reality, virtual reality, that kind of stuff really is. And when you talk about, well, artificial intelligence and how does that have to do with an app or with a with technology that's helping me see what my flooring would look like? I mean, how, why is that artificial intelligence and what how do you define artificial intelligence? Um, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not the one to define it, but I, I you think you are better than we are. For so probably. back when I was back when I was young, they used to call it fuzzy logic. I think um, <laughs> the deep learning is itself uh, is, is a kind of a subset of artificial neural networking and machine learning. And what's uh, neural networking as well? I mean, it's, bring that it's really just an artificial neuron. I mean, so it's, it's just this. And if you think of that, it's just like, so that stuff they had you do in math class where you made like a function estimator. It's, it's basically really I good. Sc- I, sc- I miss that. Day. I mean, rem- I mean, you guys remember, I think that was in geometry where they had you, uh, had, had you, uh, write the, uh, the, the, out, sorry, the, the formula in order to intersect like 10 different points with a polynomial or something like that. Right. I so, that day too. so like, so like that, that inherently is what like a neural, a neuron would be. And now there's a lot of different types of, 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 um, basically just algorithms that go into these things. And the way, uh, the way these work is there's just tons of them. So you'll have, you'll have thousands or millions of neurons, each with their own weights, which are basically just the constants that are applied to those formulas. So you suck at math. I'm not nearly as good now, but I was pretty good (laughs) at it at one time. Matt, what's a polynomial? Cause I, I, I don't know. Let me ask Google. Stop. No, you don't get to cheat. You don't get to cheat. But you know that's that's it. What is a polynomial? Oh my God, we're literally pausing. So Watson, can, now is that our definition of polynomial consisting of several terms? Consists of several terms. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Matt. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, for in your... mathematics, it's an expression of more than two algebraic terms, especially the sum of several terms that contain different powers of the same variable. Thank you, Google. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, for using that. Okay, that was artificial intelligence right there. <laughs> there really was a was. lot of there was a lot of machine learning and natural language processing. There on probably example right really there was yeah. on on demonstration. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, you so know, basically, you're simulating a human brain. Yeah, when you're talking about a neuron or whatever, those are the things that fire amongst each other in your brain to. Yeah, with an action potential, whatever, and, you know, it yeah. goes down the cascade and blah blah blah, right to all the. It's, but it's, I mean, when I think about the way my brain works, I usually go blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. So like, I think it would be probably most appropriate to think of it as like an alien brain, which is actually a little creepier. Also how I think of my brain. (laughs) And like, and and so when it sees things, uh, it often sees, uh, sorry. So I'm just talking about the subset, I guess, of of computer vision in, in deep learning. But when it sees things, um, it sees texture, whereas we tend to t- typically see shapes. So um, where you see deep learning fail a lot lately is kind of like its obsession with textures and not really, and it's not really seeing the world the same way we do. And so the way I think a lot of the research now has been trying to, to make it see shapes by confusing it with all the different types of textures. So this they'll call that augmentation in deep learning. They'll augment the data set by like randomizing the uh, the floors or the walls or the streets or whatever, or or the the um, and, and they'll actually use artificial intelligence to do this. So they'll they'll use that that stuff you saw like paint like 
take a picture and turn it into a Van Gogh. They'll use that stylized network in order to confuse the uh, its its reliance on texture and get it to really look at the shapes instead. And so that's a technique that's pretty new right now. But um, that's an example of why this is like alien vision or alien thought processing is because it just it just is really good at at generating um, an a type of output that you want it to for supervised learning. It's, so for for most most of this oh, the computer vision stuff is it looking at individual pictures or is it really looking at video? It depends because uh, because I would think that like our the way our brain stuff work, it's more about video, right? It's absolutely we sense three dimensions and shapes based on our movement. Yeah. So the good the good self driving cars uh, technology semantic segmentation in particular is going to be looking at video. Um, if you go on YouTube and you look up semantic segmentation, if you see the ones that are like very flickery, those are probably trained off of just images. Um, whereas the stuff that Tesla is putting out, especially is typically going to be using at least more than one frame, usually the last frame, also the last result from the last segmentation. And so that it's actually running on computer vision. Um, I mean, sorry, it's running on video. Uh, and, and I think that's incredibly important because uh, it starts to get a spatial understanding. It starts to really, you know, understand that it can't have that much variance between one image and the next image or one frame and the next frame or maybe the next 10 frames. It, it, it really it really makes the results a lot more reliable. And that's that's one of the things that we're working on. And that's one of the things in our um, yet to be released um, flooring um, program of our own app that's exactly how it works and it, it makes it a lot more reliable see that that's what's crazy to think about is if you're doing it based on video and you got 24 frames per second or whatever think about the room we're in like 24 times a second processing basically every dot in this room that's what your brain does what it is if it's moving if it's not moving as we move around at the light shading how that impacts it all that stuff so since I'm it's just mind-numbing to think about and then how to build that into a computer since like, i since i'm since i'm dumbing this down for those and for those of you that that are like me you're welcome um and it's taken me a while to catch up with this oh, computer vision is extracting data yeah from video so like you know uh davion uh, ross was in here uh seven or eight episodes ago like shot tracker does that with a basketball mm -hmm. and then they also do it with the people that are on the screen so you can say these players are on the court and this guy's in the lane or this guy's behind a three pointer or something right. like that. So it processes all that. And then, you know, and then at our, at the office in full scale, we've been doing, we let some of our guys that are in between projects mess around with computer vision. And they took some videos and did just, uh, I think an early exercise for, for this for a lot is like a facial recognition recognition. Mm -hmm. So, and it just like, as a video goes by, it just kind of, you can see it pops little boxes Dude, on people's and, faces. And facial recognition in general is super creepy. Like yeah. I use Google photos and it does a great job of like tagging a certain person in all your photos. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's super creepy. Like you can it's just get a small well glimpse of yes. your face. Like yes. you're turned the wrong way and everything. And just knowing that the government or different companies can track us, you know, from video up, cameras. I've been uploading most pictures I have of you to the government for that reason. Thank so, you. Yeah, I, I think it's helpful. Whatever you do, don't get a bunch of face tattoos because it makes it really easy for them. Oh, I would. Oh, that. I bet. That's a good point. So, I'm gonna, so if, if you were thinking about that, my three o'clock is open now. <laughs> I was going to do like yeah. I was going to do like one of those Mike Tyson things. 
with the false. Yeah, and and I've heard before you have countries like China that are actually using a lot of this stuff to like track their people and rank them based on like social factors and they have like their own sort of credit scoring based on how good of a citizen you are. Well, so now we're going to get into politics. It's like you get to super. We're not. Okay, so no, I mean, there's just some super creepy no, uses not. of some of this technology. Well, yeah, they've yeah, got. They've, but those are the things that freak people out. That's why people are like, some people are scared of this. And I think maybe rightfully so in some regards. It's yeah. just like, what are you going to do? Like, well, eventually, this technology is going to progress to the point where it's just fast and easy, you know? And like, it's, I mean, it's still pretty complex. And it sounds like, uh, well, it's never not going to be complex, but. You know, it's uh, even though you've been doing this for 10 years, this is still very much in its infancy. I, am I correct? It, it's always in its infancy. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first deep learning was employed uh, at recognizing zip codes on mail envelopes. Um, yeah, wow. Could be wrong. Is that just uh, the post office? You're just talking about it like passing by? Yeah. Oh, there? I guarantee they are on the forefront of technology but, when it comes to recognizing handwriting and stuff. And so if you want to get yeah. started, I, I highly recommend, you know, starting with MNIST, M-N-I-S-T. Um, and that's, that's really just text recognition, but you'll find that it's really not, it's not that bad. That's a really quick one to train, even on a, a low budget laptop, not a problem, but it'll really, and, and, you know, start with, start with those letters and numbers and then move into something entirely different, like, like, uh, shapes or, or something funny. I mean, hot dog, not a hot dog. <laughs> uh, and, and it's, you'll notice it's not hard. Think, Well, you, you talk about that, but think about somebody like uh, Facebook or whoever, who has to use some sort of computer vision to look at every single photo that gets uploaded yeah. to see if it has nudity in it yeah. to potentially, you know, and stop that, porn from not being hot uploaded. dog. And yeah. that is my favorite data set, by the way, it's called the not safe for work data set. And it's just a bunch of porn and not porn, but is that why it's your favorite? It's well, like it's puppy dog, you're puppy like, dog, you're talking, flowers, yeah, porn. Yeah. You're talking to your wife who also works at the company. You're like, no, th- I'm doing research here. <laughs> I'm doing research. I'm photos, not, baby. Not hot dog, not hot dog, not hot dog. Well, Hang on. It's fun to read the papers because they have to have at least some some level of porn in their papers usually. And so it's – it's, it, but they can never link the data set that they used because uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> – so it's it's really great to, to see this. And I actually think that – that the the absence of of maybe some of these data sets being widely available is is making that problem a lot harder uh, no pun intended uh and <laughs> it, it's it really it, it really needs to be a lot i i'm not even i'm just going to be careful with my words here but um they they is need to allow we play mixtape yeah I think they're going to need to to really allow a lot more people access to a data set like that and stop worrying so much. I think everyone knows there's, knows there's porn all over the internet and academic papers should be free to talk about it. But it's a really important problem. Wait, there's porn on the internet? Well, just it, porn and cats pretty much. Okay. All right. We Sorry, are going to play mixtape. It seems like a beautiful time to play it. And I've got it. Joel, have you, are you familiar with mixtape? No. So I'm going to read a scenario and you're going to, uh, we will reply with a song and then we all get to vote for the other. You can't vote for yourself. And this is a sea of, of 65,000 raucous people who just attended the live taping of the startup hustle podcast. Okay. It actually says music festival, but I'm changing this. It's, that would be a small crowd for us yeah. live 65,000. Yeah, totally. Um, so they eagerly anticipate your encore. It's time to close the show. What song do you play? Um, hmm. We should play uh, the Doors song. This is the end. Mm. 
I'm not going to say fuck you by CeeLo Green, but I really <laughs> want to. I pick that almost every time. Um, I keep thinking of the song Blow by Kesha. That's what's in my head. I'm trying to think about what's the, there's a Beatles song that's in Sgt. Pepper's, but that's the intro. Man, I kind of suck at mixtape lately. I mean, I got a book coming out about the fucking music industry, and I can't even think of a good song. But well, I'm gonna. And that is, with, I actually would vote for Joel. I'm, I'm going for his song. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Actually, the guest always wins. By the way, I used to work at Music Land. Actually, I love it. If you remember that, and then it turned into Sam Goody. But uh, I don't even know where they are now. Um, and we have another winner. I don't know why I play this because this is a fixed horse race. The guest always wins. Is that just the new rule? I don't tell people that. Let's oh, let them sorry. feel like winners when they're there. So, um, okay. So back to Cambrian, and uh, tell tell us more about what your company does. Like, so you create all this technology and you license it to people like Home Depot, but like, who else do you license this to? Like, it, where where would the average consumer run across your technology and they have no idea? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, right right now we're working on a project for Shaw flooring. So there's basically three primary um, companies that make all the floor in the world. Um, and Shaw is the second crazy, largest. The and the paint's the same way, isn't it? There's oh, yeah. It's consolidating, especially like PPG is a, a behemoth right now. Um, Pittsburgh Paint Group? Yeah. it's. I mean, but they're, they're probably more international than they are even out, out of Pittsburgh. So, uh, but, so what we're doing for them is, is a web visualizer where you upload a photo and you can experience accurately the floor in three dimensions. Uh, so it's a three-dimensional model, really, ultimately, but it would put the floor down in place of your existing ugly laminate or you know whatever floor you have going there. And it'll go around furniture, right up against walls. It'll get the correct angles. It'll match your floor angle, all that automatically. And actually, to make that happen requires so much deep learning, so much data science, so many... So many algorithms, even ones that we're patenting around lighting specifically, and we train everything in a game engine. Don't you hold a number of patents? We have one patent pending right now. But you personally, don't you? Oh, um, yeah, I'm on nine um, patents from my work at uh, iVerify and assistance there uh, in biometrics. And you were, one of, the, you were one of the first people at iVerify, right? Yeah, I was the first developer along with Casey, I think started a week after I did, um, worked there through 2016. I hope you got some good employee options. <laughs> I, I think so. So for those of you who aren't listening, iVerify is a Kansas City company that, was that last year or the year before? Saw it's a couple uh, years ago. Saw a pretty beefy exit. Sold to Alibaba for over $100 million. That's it? Yeah. Uh, and incredibly talented people there. Um, in fact, our QA lead is from iVerify formerly, um, Tanya, and she's just absolutely wonderful. I think I met some amazingly talented people especially in c++ especially in deep learning and i think that for me that that experience of seeing you know that company go from it took originally three minutes when we in matlab for us to to uh to for us to analyze uh an eye image and that went down to well under a second and then we started to uh come up with all these different algorithms for determining if someone was trying to spoof the system and so um, there were all sorts of tricks that were employed there, and um, I got to be a part of that. So I really appreciate what um, basically that learning that I got out of that experience. So it's helped us in our company for sure. Um, we have similar problems. We have to run our stuff at 60 frames a second, 
So um, all that C++ knowledge definitely helps, all that architecting, understanding. Uh, and then, of course, you know, those guys have helped me learn deep learning. Um, and they've, they've always uh, been good mentors for me, I think. That's crazy, 60 frames a second. So that means you got like 15, 16 milliseconds or something like that to... It's un- yeah, it's under that probably. 17 milliseconds, that. whatever it is, to render a frame. So I want to yeah, drop some reference here. So, and I don't think there's an accurate count on this, but Joel, how many, how many people in North America have been doing computer vision for 10 years? Like estimate, shoot from the hip. Uh, probably 3,000. Probably about right. I'm just guessing. I mean, think about uh, that. I mean, that, that have been regularly. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a small number. Uh, it's one in a hundred thousand. A ton in uh, U.S. Right now, <laughs> one in a hundred thousand people. I I certainly haven't. You know, I hadn't really encountered it until I started uh, talking to the hacker space out here. Um, and then there's a, there's a lot more now. Certainly, they're probably mostly employed on the east and west coasts. And, uh, and what and who to and who what are the likely places that a lot of those people work a lot of them work for the government right yeah most actually a lot of the people that i met through i verify had done a lot of work for the department of defense um in some of the stuff they couldn't even talk about um really creepy things really important things um but uh that's where a lot of people were employed even in biometrics um i i met um someone actually through another company that when we were in talks i mean they could scan someone's iris at, at, a, at a kilometer away and so that was using, not only was it using good computer vision, but it was also using advanced optics from uh, what they use to uh, see stars uh, a lot of, because they have to worry about air currents and all sorts of other crazy things. And the, uh, what they're Think actually doing is- You have to is, worry about what, how, how hard is the wind blowing? Because that's going to affect your algorithm. Matt. It's so crazy. It, it dynamically adjusts, um, you know, several times a second um, to the, to the air currents. Um, it deforms the lens. That's what they were doing. So it's the same stuff you have to see deep, deep space, but then applied with biometrics. And yeah, they could identify people like a, a mile, a kilometer away. I, I, I mean, that's to, important if you're aiming a sniper rifle at them. I know how to use the visual <laughs> yes. editor on WordPress. Does that, does that count? I know how to use the visual editor on WordPress. I can like add a link. I mean, you can imagine that that's got to be used for like a drone flying overhead and they're trying to figure out who's on the ground and. Like there's all sorts of crazy military uses for those That's things. Nuts. Yeah, and your and a biometric could be anything. So uh, it could be your heat signature. It could be your uh, the way you move. Um, it could be based on other things. Uh, the cars you drive. I'm glad I don't have any moves. I was going to say there's no one that moves like me, so <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to identify me. They could see Matt driving around in his Ferrari and know immediately who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been called out on some vehicular things in these last couple. As of episodes. today, I don't own a Ferrari. Oh, I thought you did. Okay, I traded it in, and I don't get the new one for two weeks. So I'm in, <laughs> I'm in between. I'm in between. Oh, you man. caught me. You know what? I'll tell you what. There's so many times when I just think, man, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. It First is world real. problems. It I'll be out real. of town when my new real. car arrives. I offered. To I'm pick going it back up. to Cebu on Monday, dude. I offered three to, days. I offered to pick it up. By the time this comes out, you will already be there. Yeah. And actually, actually on the way back. All right. Well, yeah. I'm totally okay with the used Ferrari. I think if you guys can pay for the maintenance costs. Yeah, that's not cheap either. It's like a whole separate budget. 
I can loan you my car if that would. It's one of the reasons I traded it in. It's out of warranty. I'll, I'll loan you my car. It's not quite a Ferrari, but you did you did think it was pretty. We can we can I, we'll we'll justify it under some research budget. We'll use computer vision to measure the curves. So talking about cars, I mean, how much of a geek are you about all the, you know, autonomous cars and all that stuff? Like that's got to be like super interesting to you. Incredibly interesting. So I mentioned that we use a lot of the same algorithms. Um, so it's it's. I, you know, when I saw it with the DARPA challenges um, 10 years ago, it was like, okay, this is never going to work. I mean, every single one of them like ended up in a ditch, like in a, in a <laughs> rut, stuck on a bush, whatever. Like it was a disaster. It sounds and, like my Roomba. But then like, I mean, it was what the next, the next challenge. I don't know if that was the next year where they were like stopping at stop signs and like obeying traffic laws and driving around a, a neighborhood. And several of the teams made it through the entire course. And which is like, oh crap, this is happening quickly. Um, and so that has really been the driving force behind a lot of deep learning now. And so um, so I mentioned semantic segmentation. That's one of the obvious ones. It's deciding, okay, this is a road, this is a car, uh, and, and this is exactly where that is. So this is the the road as I would draw it or put a little overlay over it. Um, these are the light, light posts. These are pedestrians, importantly. No doubt the automotive industry is creating like thousands of people now that will have skills around doing this stuff. Like yeah. there's going to be a massive amount of people that are employed. Yeah, it's, it's like the gold rush in computing. And the way to make a lot of money, I think, is if you actually are not the people hunting for the gold or going after the gold, you're, uh, you know, providing the, the Selling labeling. the tools. Yep, selling the tools. Oh, Master Watson brought that up about 80 episodes ago oh, we yeah. were talking about were we talking about bitcoin we yeah were, you, we sell, you sell the mining sell the mining stuff yeah yeah the, but uh, talking yeah. about the people that make the real money during a gold rush aren't the people that are mining the gold it's the people that sell the pickaxes yeah yeah um so we have you know around that i think we'll probably license out the way that we train our neural networks um it's it's new i haven't seen much of it so um, I think that would be a good opportunity because what's going on right now is people just, especially as a startup, there's just no way you can label all this data. You need 20,000 images often, minimum, and that's usually not even sufficient. Um, you need to retrain and retrain and retrain. And like, it's just, it's just something that only a large company or university or several universities can put together. So I think that people are making a lot of money right now labeling images um we use amazon mechanical turk for that uh but it's still it's pretty expensive you have to pay them about six to ten dollars per hour and you can't get through too many images very quickly so um that's why we're starting to move more towards uh, simulated environments so we just don't have to pay that cost but um but if you want to make a lot of money you know first of all learn about deep learning and computer vision and then sell the tools i like it or the people that build the tools so we that's one of the things that in our office in Cebu, and I've talked to you about that, like, you know, we, you know, the nature of our business always is that, you know, we have, you have a little bit of excess bandwidth, but we try to, um, we want our employees to stay engaged and like do things that they are interested in. And, you know, based on conversations I had with you and Davion Ross earlier this year, I was like, man, we should let some of these people play around with computer vision and they have been and you know, when they're not doing other stuff. So some Python guys, some C plus plus guys, and you know, they, they're, they're learning, they're learning, they're learning that there's a ton of stuff that they don't know, mm -hmm. but you know, we'll, we're trying to keep a little, you know, create a little knowledge base there. Maybe we'll get Mr. Watson to check in on that. They can do some, uh, uh, 
Maybe they can do some algorithms that recognize my dance moves. Uh, those aren't hard to recognize, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not or lack hot, thereof. Not hot dog. Not hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not hot dog. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But, okay. So, um, recently, and I hope this isn't a sore subject, but you guys outclassed a huge number of people in a competition in Atlanta. It's not sore at all. Because um, I, I don't, yeah, I didn't know if it was sore because, I mean, we'll just, spoiler alert, you didn't win. I know. But you, God, there were, how many people signed up for that? It was, I, I think it was 5,000 um, originally, the applicants, and then we came in the top five or something. Then they whittled it down to 20, and so I went out there, and I hadn't pitched in a while, um, so I pitched ne- it Neither had Watson before we went to the Royal Stadium the other day, but he, he worked it out. I did some pitching, yeah. Yeah. So we got into the so final I. five. I'm I'm a little surprised because uh, of the audience reaction. People were cheering when they saw some of our visualization technology up they, on the screen. They thought of all the time they would save. What is this uh, thing we're talking about? Oh, what it's the Atlanta talking? startup battle. Um, it happened a few weeks ago, uh, and it was it it was uh, sponsored by TechStars, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we basically went in there and we it was we had to actually kind of like your we had to pick a song so um before we went on stage but it was a very lively atmosphere for the final five there were i think 1300 people in attendance you had to pick a song like a walk-up song yeah do you pick the theme to three's company picked a uh, rage against the machine yeah. like we should have i guess <laughs> and so <laughs> that would have killed the mood i think maybe a little bit so the five the final five companies were not all based on like what you guys do right they were all random different kinds of companies yeah one guy had a uh, self-driving lawnmower I guess that's what won, right? That was yeah, that's what won. Um, and then there were some others. They were they were all different. I mean, we had we had medical groups. We had people that were analyzing uh, data. We had one one guy who who I still talk to actually did like uh, home cleaning for air or Airbnbs. So it was a service that that you would go in and and uh, this system would come in and actually just like clean all of your properties. And it was something you could hire, but he had thought about it in a highly technological way. And so he's doing pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, us, we, we had everyone telling us that we won after we pitched because no one else received standing ovations. And so it was a little bizarre, but, uh, but it was really great to be a part of. I think um, we had a workshop that, you know, the previous competition that I was at, and uh, I learned a lot about what we needed to do with our API in particular, how we can best, you know, scale this forward um, get through, get all these companies and, and kind of rebuild the app and make it really powerful. But, um, it was, I think Atlanta is always a place that we kind of return to Shaw's out of there. Home Depot's out of there. Um, a lot of real estates out of that area. So it's kind of like our second home. Um, but, uh, it was a great competition and, uh, anyone from KC, just keep that, keep it in mind next year. Um, you can win a hundred thousand dollars. Um, and, uh, and that, that's a lot for a small startup. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Well, Joel, thanks for coming in today. We're uh, we're out of time. Kind of. <laughs> Close. But It's time for lunch. Can we – we needed like a hot dog, not hot dog thing to go find lunch. I don't, I'm not hungry for hot dogs for some reason after this this one. Maybe you're hungry for a not hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> uh, my neural network says no, and then I'll see you guys next see time. Ya. We're out. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.